right when you don't know what to do just keep on breathing from the city of los angeles welcome to all my listeners out there in radio land i'm dave the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com and we're also coming to you live and on demand 24 7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms including iHeartRadio, itunes youtube spreaker soundcloud vimeo stitcher radio blog talk radio oh my gosh the list goes on and on and in fact, we are proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcasts on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Emily Goldmears, a citizen scientist, research analyst, biohacker. I hope that doesn't mean she hacks into computers <laughs> and author. A former attorney, Emily Goldmears, shifted her advocacy efforts to seek information on optimizing one's health through extensive research analysis in science and medicine. Her research focuses on the intersection of functional and allopathic medicine. And I can read more about her, but I would rather have it come right out of her mouth Nothing like getting it from the horse's mouth. Not that she's a horse. <laughs> but before we get started, I do want to take this moment and thank my last week's guest, Debbie Peterson. And she was talking about what was important to her and what she learned as a CNA in a nursing facility. And she was also her mother's caregiver. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of our other 26 global networks I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Emily, so great to have you on the show. Welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. Thank you, David. I'm delighted to be here. And I always like to ask my guests, just who is Emily Goldmears and why was she placed on this earth? Well, I'm not exactly sure why I was placed on this earth, but I am, as you described in my bio, I am a former lawyer. Um, I did not love the practice of law. I always loved science and health. And I, when my children grew up and left the house, I realized now is a time to really go deep into the areas that I'm passionate about. And what I do is I am a health act, act, activist and I distilled the scientific studies from being a lawyer. I developed some good research skills. I'm able to access a lot of information and clinical studies that are hard to access for the everyday person. And what I can do is distill them down into more understandable, readable, and actionable language. And I'm trying to have people advocate for themselves because I realize that you have to advocate for yourself. We can no longer rely upon the healthcare system to help us. And there are so many lifestyle changes that one can do to feel better. My mission is to help people avoid ever becoming a patient or at least postpone that. Well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> so what inspired you to write the book about health and chronic disease avoidance? 
Well, as I mentioned, I've always been interested in this area um, from when I had children and they were both, I have two boys who are diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of appalled with how the healthcare system treated that. It seemed quite unscientific, just the mere diagnosis of it, not to mention the treatment. And I became skeptical about a lot of diagnoses and treatment plans. Mm. And then my father, who I adored, I was fortunate enough to have the greatest dad in the world. And he got vascular dementia. Oh, no. And as I'm sure a lot of your listeners have experienced, Uh, it is just devastating to watch a loved one deteriorate from these neurodegenerative diseases. I mean, it is slow and consistent. And I began researching frantically to see if I could find anything that could maybe slow the progression of the disease. And what I found was so grim and kind of depressing that I had to broaden my research beyond dementia and Alzheimer's to chronic disease. And then what I found was really quite hopeful and optimistic because the reality is many of these chronic diseases, including the neurodegenerative ones, are not as genetically predisposed as one would think. Really? Our lifestyle and environment. And the good news there <laughs> is that we can take charge and we can do things about that and we can alter our lifestyle choices and reduce our risk of getting these diseases. And I thought, who doesn't want to know about that? Yes, I'm always concerned because I think my memory isn't what it used to be. And my mother had dementia. My father died at 63, so we never know what he would have had because, you know, when people live so long, I think that's why we're seeing more of these things because people didn't used to live this long into their 90s. And um, so I've, I've taken tests, you know, to 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 see where I am on the scale. And they says, well, you, know, you haven't crossed the line yet, but you're pretty close. <laughs> so um, I've been, you know, speaking on stages and on television and the next time I took the test, he says, wow, your score is getting better. What are you doing? And I says, well, I'm just speaking and memorizing. He says, that's good. Keep it up. So, but I, uh, it's nice to know that it's less genetic and more lifestyle. Thank you for that, those comforting words. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that they should comfort everyone because depending upon who you talk to, the genetic component mm-hmm. is between 10 and 20%. That means- well, that's not much. 80- 80 to 90% is within our control. And yes, people are living longer today, but our food supply is tainted and we are bombarded by toxins and the light is junk light and hurting us. And there's so many things that people aren't talking about that once we address them and improve them, it will reduce, it'll mitigate the consequences of these diseases and hopefully postpone them. Well, thank you, Emily. You've given me hope again. <laughs> um, now, let's talk about your book, because you, uh, in your very first chapter, you start with, with what? Oral health? Yes, uh, talk, I did. Talk about and that. A lot of people are curious about why I would begin there. So but... I should brush my teeth like three times a day? Uh... <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> that's probably a good idea, but that alone won't do it. And the reason I start with the yeah. oral with oral health and the oral microbiome is because lately a great deal of tremendous discoveries have been written about the gut microbiome. Much less has been written about our first line of defense, the oral microbiome. And optimal health 
literally begins in your mouth. There is a clear two-way relationship between oral wellness and systemic wellness. And untreated harmful mm -hmm. organisms growing out of control in one's mouth lead not only to cavities and gum disease, but also to chronic inflammation. Wow. Chronic inflammation is the precursor and the driver of disease and all bad things. So in addition to brushing your teeth three times a day, there are other things that one needs to be mindful of. The type of toothpaste that you use. Nice. Conventional toothpaste is not our friend. Really? Despite their big marketing budgets. <laughs> and Tell me what I should use, please. <laughs> um, well, my 19th chapter in my book is a resource chapter. <laughs> and it lists all the products and services that I have vetted over the years that are non-toxic and are not harmful. And it is shocking to learn that there are chemicals in conventional toothpaste and other oral care products like mouthwash, even dental floss, that oh. are harmful to us. Triclosan is a terrible chemical. Sodium laurel. Can't even say it. Starts with it. You can't <laughs> even say it. SLS, they call it for short. But there are so many, even fluoride. Fluoride is, has been put in the water and toothpaste, and fluoride is a neurotoxin. Well, where do you find this stuff? Is it at your local supermarket or we got to go elsewhere? Well, luckily today, these non-toxic brands are emerging and there's many of them. You can go have online. Have we heard of them? Would we recognize them if we heard them? You may have. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I list a ton of different. I mean, obviously, it's not Crest and Gleam and all of the ones that we grew up with. It's not. And that's because those giant conglomerates have much bigger advertising budgets. And the non-toxic ones are, are oftentimes smaller companies with pure missions, and they don't have the same advertising mission. But this is a growing trend of people looking for non-toxic alternatives, because it is indisputable that toxin exposure is a component of all of these diseases that we're facing. Wow. So it's it's the organic form of uh, toothpaste versus, uh, you know, organic food. Yes, but you want non-toxic versus organic because organic is a word that's been misused. Hmm. It's, you know, it's not really validated and someone can put that on the package and you don't really know what it means. And, and organic doesn't really apply to oral care products, but you want non-toxic. For instance, most <clears throat> mouthwashes have a big alcohol component. And the reason why that's harmful is that the alcohol and all the other chemicals in these mouthwashes that people are using, it kills all the bacteria on your tongue, both the good and the bad. And oh. yes, you'd like to kill the bad, but you don't <laughs> want to kill the good. And there is a per there's a particular periodontal bacteria called P. gingivalis that has been associated with Alzheimer's and dementia. And so that is something that one needs to take care of. <sighs> wow. Well, fortunately, I have a friend who's been selling me this stuff uh, for leaky gut. And she said it's pink and you put it in the water every morning and you drink it before you eat. And it's supposed to like put a lot of healthy bacteria and organisms. Uh, am I doing the right thing? How do you feel? Has it been working for you? Well, I don't know. I feel like I always did. I didn't oh. feel bad before. I don't feel bad after. That's I'm hard to figure out if things are working. You know, there's so many things on the market and on the internet saying take this and you won't get this, and and I'll try them. And it's hard for me to determine. Maybe it's because I don't feel bad to begin with. I don't know. 
Well, that's true. And one needs to be very careful about marketing because marketing is really persuasive and you know can all often lead us down the wrong path but the gut microbiome is key i mean it's really critical in my opinion if you don't optimize your gut you won't be able to fix anything else because it's all starts there and most of us are walking around with at least some level of gut dysbiosis and what that means is an imbalance of good versus bad bacteria Mm. we have trillions of bacteria in our gut And when the bad bacteria begins to outnumber the good, that's when the problems start. And the leaky gut and the SIBO and the, you know, there's so many gut issues, um, but a lot of people have them and it will be hard. Your gut is connected to your brain through the vagus nerve. And if you have gut issues, it will affect your brain. Wow. So that's why there's been so much attention on the gut lately. Yeah, everyone's talking about it. Um, stress kills, you know, 30% of caregivers die, uh, before their loved ones do mainly because of stress and many more become sicker than the ones they care for, eventually needing a caregiver of their own hospital, being hospitalized and what have you. But you talk about stress in your book too, don't you? I do. I have a whole chapter devoted to stress. Stress affects the digestive system, the immune system, the nervous system, the hormonal system, and We can't avoid stress. Stress is an inevitable fact of life. But what we can do is we can reframe our response to stress and reframe how we react. And there are many ways to do it. One can do it through meditation. There are endless amounts of clinical studies supporting the validity and the va- and the value of meditation for what it does for your stress response. Oh, you said meditation, not medication, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Sorry. Meditation. Yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Um, and then breathing. For those who find meditation, meditation difficult, and I am one of those, I've tried and I believe in it, but it's hard to quiet your mind. It really is. So I have found that breathing is very helpful to reduce stress. There are I have a whole chapter on breathing. It's something that most of us have taken for granted, that it's just an autonomic response, that we know how to breathe. But the reality is many of us are breathing incorrectly, breathing through our mouth, not our nose, breathing in a shallow chest-like way as opposed to deeply from our abdomen. And when you improve your breathing, And you do these different breathing techniques that I get into, for example, box breathing, which is where you inhale through your nose for the count of four, hold for the count of four, exhale for four, and hold the exhale for an additional four. You can actually feel your nervous system calming down. And that is really, really important. We should breathe in through our nose or our mouth? Nose, always the nose, always breathe in through your nose because you get more oxygen up until your brain. Mm. You should mouth breathing. Sinus cavities go up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And most people, nobody tells you to do that. How'd you get so smart? (laughs) Well, I'm a researcher at heart. I love research. So I'm really a compulsive research analyst. Okay, well, part of uh, stress uh, attacking us is because our sleep is interrupted. Some people have, like my wife, has um, insomnia. She needs Ambien to go to sleep. She ran out of it this weekend, and she was up for like three nights, and finally the third night she just crashed, but um, is in insomnia. A lot of people have insomnia. How, besides drugs, can you take care of it? 
there's so many ways. And a large percentage of the population gets inadequate sleep. And this affects your cognitive function, your immune system, your vascular system, the endocrine system, the health of our cells and our microbiomes. And it is a real epidemic. Circadian rhythms regulate all aspects of our health. They follow a 24-hour cycle, and each cell in our body has its own circadian clock, which I find fascinating. Um, but there are so many ways to improve your sleep that do not involve medication so that you don't have to be reliant upon a medicine that you may run out of. Um, and they're very easy, and they're simple, and there are no bad side effects, like many of the medications have bad side effects. So to begin with, it's important to go to sleep at the same time and wake up at the same time. If your schedule allows, that's really critical. Consistency is key. And then you want to go to sleep in a very dark room. You don't want to have any light showing at all. You want to have... Uh, will a mask uh, help if there is light? Yes, yes. If you can tolerate an eye mask, that's a great idea. Um, you want it to be a cold room because when you're too hot, you can't sleep. You want to make sure that you haven't had too much to eat or drink too close to your bedtime because then your body is working hard to digest. And you want to cut your blue light exposure after sundown. Light has such an impact on our biology and very little is written about that. The blue light that comes from our phones and our laptops and our TVs and all of these devices is very harmful for us at night. During the day, it's great because that spectrum of light is appropriate for us to see during the day. But at night, what happens is it comes into your eye and it shuts off your endogenous, your self-production of human growth hormone and melatonin. And it completely alters your circadian rhythms. So there are so many things you can download free red apps on your phone and your, your laptop and all your devices that, that have a red hue and cuts the blue spectrum of light. You can buy these blue blocker glasses that will also do the same thing of cutting the blue spectrum. And the other thing that is really impactful is in the morning when you wake up, within 30 to 60 minutes of waking, I suggest that everybody go outside and get some light exposure. You don't look directly into the sun, but you get light exposure, maybe 10 minutes. And that is going to reset your circadian clock. You have to do it consistently. It doesn't take a lot of time. If you live in a high latitude or an area where, you know, it's not that great, you can get a light box that will provide the same benefit. But all those things are free and have no side effects. Wow, that's that's amazing. I can see some areas of improvement that I need to be working on. My wife watches TV late at night. Uh, are there things we can put on the TV that will block that blue um, light? On the TV, I'm not sure. It depends. You know, I bet if it's a smart TV that there is some is. way or what what you can do is you or what your wife should do. She should wear these blue blocker glasses while she's watching TV really? late at night. And that will block the blue light getting into her eyes. Wow, maybe that's causing her insomnia. Who knows? <laughs> well, and all those things done consistently, you know, it won't happen overnight, but done consistently, it will make a difference. Well, and she's addicted to Diet Coke, and I keep telling her that that's, you know, got caffeine in it, and that can't be good. She insists, no, that doesn't bother me. But, you know, not only caffeine, but the artificial sweetener is implicated in a lot 
of disease. It's not good for us. I used to be addicted too to Diet Coke. It was the <laughs> highlight of my day when I would have my Diet Coke. And I was sad when I took my last sip. <laughs> then I began researching it. I thought, oh, this stuff is really awful for you. Really awful. And I stopped drinking it. And yeah, that's not good for her. Well, how about some ways to track our health during our journey to feel better? Are there apps we can get or other ways? Well, testing and tracking is one of my favorite areas. I have an entire chapter devoted to that. There are, I believe that everyone should do testing as a baseline because you cannot fix what you can't measure. We feel good, but we really don't know what's going on internally. And aging and sickness has to do with the, the state of our cells. And we don't know what the state of our cells are just walking around. So it's valuable to do testing, to get an idea of what is going on internally. And in terms of tracking, there is an endless supply of tracking devices emerging today, and they're very exciting. Now, not all of them are foolproof or 100% effective, but many of them are. And two of my favorites, which I write about, one is the Aura Ring, which I'm wearing now. And what this is, this was designed by some people in Finland. And it is a tracking device. It's a ring that you wear, and it has little sensors inside. And you pair it with your phone. You're not calling it a mood ring, right? <laughs> no, no, no. It's an aura ring, which is spelled O-U-R-A. And it is a real popular device. Basketball, net, the NBA uses it. Um, athletes use it. A lot of people use this because the metrics that it gives you are invaluable. You pair it with your phone. And in the morning, the first thing I do is I look to see all of my different metrics. It tells me my respiratory rate. Really? It tells me my heart rate while I was sleeping, my temperature while I was sleeping. It tells me how much REM sleep I got, how much deep sleep I got. That's valuable information. It is. It tells you about HRV, which is stands for heart rate variability, which is a metric of stress while you're sleeping. Not all. It's... It measures your stress always. But HRV is an important thing to take note of because a lot of times we don't even realize that we're stressed. We're walking around and we, we adjust to everything, but internally we're feeling stress. And this HRV marker lets you know if you need improvement in that area. It's called an aura ring? O-U-R-A. So when people are talking, oh, I see your aura, same aura? No, spelt differently. That's spelled A-U-R-A. This is O-U-R-A. And how does it work? I mean, does the ring pick up? Uh, so sure. it has little sensors in it and it feel, you know, is it 100% accurate? Probably not. I'm not certain. But this thing is really popular now. It has grown. I've been wearing one for five years and I'm and seeing with an app. <clears throat> you download the app on your phone, yes, so that you can see the results. It also does your activity during the day, how many steps and things like that. But there uh, are many devices that do that. I find that its greatest benefit mm -hmm. is the sleep metrics because when you see what's going on, it motivates you and incentivizes you to do better. a little bit better. <clears throat> wow. Are they expensive? They are about $200, I think. It's been a while since I bought mine, but they last for a long time and they sleep is critically important. Is it worth it? I think it is. In my opinion, it is. And the other device that I write about that I love 
and that I'm convinced will be the standard of care one day in the future. I don't know when when that day will be here, um, but it gives such valuable information and it's called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM for short. And it's designed originally for diabetics. So diabetics have them because they must measure their blood glucose because they can become very ill if they don't know what's going on. But I'm not diabetic, but in my opinion, it has great utility for people who are not diabetic because we are all very different and unique genetically and biochemically. And therefore, we respond to food differently, not only food, but stress and exercise. And what a CGM does, you can get your doctor to write you a prescription. You put it on your arm. It has a teeny weeny needle. It doesn't hurt. You go on YouTube to see how you apply it. Also, you pair it with an app on your phone and it tells you what your blood sugar levels are when you wake up before you eat, after you eat, if you're in a stressful situation, before and after exercise. And that is critical information because many of these diseases have a glucose component. There are those that are calling Alzheimer's and diabetes, I mean, Alzheimer's and dementia, diabetes three, because they're believing now that there is a glucose component, that the blood sugar is crossing the blood brain barrier and contributing to the plaques and everything else that causes these neurodegenerative diseases. So it's critical to know one's own response to food because you may be eating something that you don't realize is causing these continuous glucose spikes and you would like to know those. That's information because you can remedy that. Are those expensive or are they covered by insurance? You have to get a prescription from your doctor. And if you're not diabetic, I don't believe that they are covered by well, your My insurance. aunt is diabetic. I'm her caregiver also. And, oh. um, you know, but it, she doesn't, she doesn't, she has dementia beginning. And so she can't do it herself. So I, it's only when I go over there, you know, that I get it done. But it, they say you should do it every day. And that would be good for her. I'm wondering if... Um, if the results can be like on the cloud that I can access to, or does it have to be on the phone close by her? Because, you know, they don't do smartphones. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. If it's like somebody smart could figure something out like that. I wonder if you have an iPhone, if you could pair her CGM with your iPhone. Yeah. But do, I don't have to be there physically with her, right? Well, no, you do. Because here's the thing. The way to get the reading is you take your phone and you wave it across the CGM. But it will remember the results for the past week. Like if I haven't been there in a week, because she has a boyfriend, but he's kind of has dementia too. <laughs> uh, so if I can go there and wave my phone and it can tell me what her results were for the past week, that would be great too. Yeah, I don't think it's that advanced yet because you see, you you often have a fairly quick response to a food that you ate. If you ate something high in sugar, within the next 40 minutes, you would wave your phone and you would see how your body is reacting to that intake of sugar. A week later... I'll look into that. Well, we are at the end of our time. Is there uh, uh, an email that you can share if people have questions or they want to know how to buy their buy your book. I assume that it's wherever books are sold. Indeed it is. It's on Amazon. It's online at Target, um, Walmart, 
wherever books are sold online. It's an independent booksellers. It's on my website. My website is called emilygoldmears.com. And my email address is emily at emilygoldmears.com. If anyone has any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Great. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. It was a great interview. Well, thank you, uh, and everybody out there, remember all our live shows become recorded podcasts and videocasts on your favorite platform. And my number one newly released, released book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is spreading wisdom all over the world, available wherever books are sold also. And also on my free membership website, caregiverdave.com. And I would encourage you to join my Caregiver Dave Facebook community of 34,000 caregivers, where you can learn all about my new Acapulco Villa Caregiver Wellness Retreat and Vacation that I offer to burned out caregivers, trying to keep as many of those 30% of caregivers who die before their loved ones do alive. So if you would just be kind enough to click the follow or like button on whatever platform you're watching this interview on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google's search engine algorithms. So thanks again to everybody out there for making us the number one caregiver podcast on the internet. So until next time, same time, same channel, may God richly bless you all. Bye-bye.
Hey everybody, it's Dave Nassani, otherwise known as Caregiver Dave. And I'm coming to you live from this beautiful Acapulco Villa, which I like to say is the perfect prescription for caregiver burnout. And I have a unique opportunity to bring 14 burned out caregivers up here so that they can decompress and do all the things that they need to do. But this is just a bonus. It actually comes with the six month Zoom coaching program. It's a one-on-one -on -one consult with me, Caregiver Dave, to identify where you are and where you need to go. It's a six monthly small group coaching sessions to smash any obstacles between you and your ideal vision of what a caregiver needs to be and caregiver success. You get my three free books and instructions on boundaries, grief, self-care, organization, asking for help, learning how to say no, avoiding burnout, avoiding depression, avoiding perfectionism, avoiding isolation, avoiding resentment, delegation, team building, how to have fun, how to have no guilt, the importance of gratitude, and after caregiving when you're no longer a caregiver. But this seven-day bonus is absolutely free. It comes with the coaching program that you pay for. And the food is all-inclusive. I'm telling you, seven days and seven nights here is amazing. This is truly paradise. And I highly recommend it. For more information, go to caregiverdave.com. That's going to send you to my other website. And if you want a shortcut to get there immediately, just go to acapocodave.com. Thanks again. I look forward to seeing you in Acapulco. Like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing, it's gonna be okay.
Just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.